Welcome to another episode of the Chill by Net podcast. This podcast is created for those who are passionate about their personal development, health, and well-being. This is a platform for you to come chill by my personal stories and weekly tips in becoming a better version of ourselves and to live a better present. But first, let's chill. My name is Jeanette. Welcome back. So last week, we talked about how self-care isn't selfish and we also talked about how it is essential sometimes to put ourselves first so that we can be in a better position to take care of our loved ones. So in today's episode, I'm going to be addressing three other myths or rather common beliefs about self-care with the aim to help us better understand this concept and also to see this concept perhaps from a different perspective. One common belief is that we have to earn the right for self-care. So we often hear people saying, you know, wow, you did a good job, you deserve a good break. You know, on the flip side, we don't really hear that much of, hey, it seems like you are not performing your best, so, you know, you deserve a break. I mean, well, at least I don't hear this from people often around me. And hence, I've learned to tell myself that, you know, when I'm not feeling my best, I can take a break. You know, when I'm tired from trying, I'll take a break first and then continue. Like, you know, it really doesn't have to be the case where we feel that we are doing enough first before we can take a pause in our life. Because, you know, what is enough, right? Like, perhaps we see an achievement as an indicator for us to take a well-deserved break. Or perhaps we have conquered certain major obstacles in our work. So in the past, I will find myself feeling slightly guilty for taking my annual leaves just because I haven't accomplished something significant or if I haven't feel like I'm doing enough. And I notice that when I ask for my annual leaves, it's usually after I've accomplished certain important tasks. You know, when I used to work in a headhunting firm, it's usually after I've closed a deal, like I find myself more willing or rather I'll find more courage to speak up to ask for that break. I mean, it's natural, right? Because I think sometimes we are just also limited by our circumstances when certain periods are naturally more busy and certain deals are more urgent. So we can feel really hard to ask for that break. And then in that way, you know, the pace we take our breaks are usually pretty much dictated by the business needs, you know, in that sense. And, you know, I'm still pondering today, you know, if there's a way to work around this because that's what most of us face, right? But the truth is, I often feel that, you know, our body pace is just not always aligned with the pace of the business, right? And, you know, that's something that we can't control. And I'm just thinking, you know, right now, you know, maybe the only answer to that is just our own responsibility. It's our responsibility to pay attention to ourselves more often and be courageous enough to ask for breaks even when it's not the best time to do so. And I guess it's really part of the social construct of how we have conditioned our mind to think in a certain way subconsciously somewhere we will feel that our lives is probably broken up into three parts you know the first part is really on education and then the second part is really working hard and then starting a family to achieve that stability and then the third part is then used for you know leisure right it's usually the retirement phase where we dedicate time to take a break So you know how in the last episode, I also talked about how I've asked for the time off by quitting my full-time job. 
So I really did not wait until everything was right, or rather I did not wait until I had earned the right to make the decision to leave my job. And in fact, I actually left at a very untimely period where things started to pile up for me and you know when the reference checks were just done and there were more responsibilities handed to me as well and you know sometimes external circumstances may make it really hard for us to take that break when we need to and the point of saying this is you know I wanted to point out that communication is very important here as well I think I've talked about communication a few times in my episodes but I really feel that it's an important component because as we are carrying out these boundary settings and you know asserting our needs it can seem really irresponsible if we just decide to disappear without proper handover or proper communication right so as much as we are making difficult decisions decisions for our well-being i think we have to take responsibility for it as well and if need to you know ask for the understanding and you know try our best to really have the intention to do it in a responsible manner and not just you know leave everything and just disappear because what i'm trying to say here is the outcome can be the same but how we carry all these acts of self-care may be different and it's our responsibility and it's our choice if we want to do it in a responsible manner because it defines who we are right at the end of the day so the powerful thing about this is also i feel that when i understand this concept that people need their breaks i think i also started to be more understanding towards people around me because some of the things are just not the apparent right so their reasons might not be valid to me but they are valid to them so you know be it my friends or my partner or anyone you know if they tell me that they just need a break i think I learned to not question it anymore. I learned to not judge whether people's reasoning is valid, right? Because it's valid to them. So in that way, I think I'm also starting to be a more understanding person, which, you know, I think is a beautiful part of this journey as well, that I'm more understanding towards people around me and their own context, because as I'm showing more compassion for myself, so compassion here, meaning, you know, being kinder to myself, I think I'm able to show that to others more as well. And I really see it as a beautiful thing. And this is really one of, like, my biggest learning throughout this journey so far. So again, you know, just to reiterate my point, I think we really do not need to feel like we cannot take it anymore or we don't have to feel that we have to produce something, we have to produce results before we are entitled to a break. Alright, so that's belief number one. And common belief number two is self-care is doing anything that makes you feel good. So I think this is one that I really feel the need to talk about. You know, when we think of self-care, we often think of it as anything that makes us feel good, right? And I know in the last episode, we talked about how self-care is anything that makes us feel recharged, anything that we do or think that makes us feel good. But I would like to really address something here, and that is, you know, sometimes self-care is also doing the things that may not make you feel good in the short run, but rather it makes you feel more recharged in the long run, right? So when I talk about, 
you know, how self-care is something that makes us feel good and makes us feel recharged, I think that is in the context of, you know, the long term. But in the short term, it may not feel that good, right? And instead, we might feel really stressed and uncomfortable, very difficult. We might feel a lot of tension when we are making decisions out of self-care. So on this note, when I left my full-time job, you know, honestly, it didn't feel good, right? You know, I felt that I was lost. I felt really useless, you know, because I just felt that I can't provide for my loved ones, I can't provide for my family, you know, and somewhat, I didn't know what to do as well because in that mental state, I already found it a struggle coping with my day-to-day demands, right? I didn't even have the capacity to really think about what I wanted to do. So I felt lost and... You know, I was just thinking, how was this a self-care activity? Because I talked about how asserting our boundaries sometimes is a self-care activity. But, you know, I only came to a conclusion after a few months that, you know, it was a self-care activity because it was a self-care that I had to do to protect my mental wellness. And it may feel extremely sucky to quit a job and be unemployed because, you know, let's be real, right? You know, my financial income is affected. And because I believe in the fact that, you know, even without a job, I still really wanted to be self-sufficient as much as possible, right? So definitely, um, financial income is affected, standard of living is affected, and I have to deal with, you know, perceptions from everyone. You know, not that they really matter and influence my decisions, but it's a real thing that without a job, you have to deal with perceptions, right? I mean, at least for me, you know, that is what... I've been going through and more importantly it it was actually me not having a clear purpose in my life and suddenly you know my job was just taken away from me I didn't know what I'm exactly supposed to do next so the point here is self-care may really be difficult to do and it can be so 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 uncomfortable to be honest but in the longer run if it makes you feel energized and if you have more energy levels for other important things in your life that matter more to you, then I would say that it is an act of self-care. And you know, I just also really wanted to share how it feels after I left my job. Okay, so this is really a personal um, experience and by no means I'm encouraging anyone to quit the job and, and you know, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience and just really wanted to share how it felt for me that made me realise that You know, it was in fact a self-care that I did for myself. Okay, so initially it felt really uncomfortable, right? For the first few weeks, I think I lost my appetite for so many things because I was just really engrossed into searching for what I wanted to do next. And, you know, sometimes I can get so focused that I just skip my meals and... You know, the feeling was just, I was in a lot of states of tension and all. It was really uncomfortable for me to adjust because ultimately, after being in the job for, you know, a few years, and suddenly when that is taken away from you, you might just feel a bit lost. And I think it goes back to how I talk about, you know, for any changes to take place, there has to be a transition period for anything to stabilize, right? So it did feel uncomfortable from the start, but... I would say that from the very start, I had this really right feeling. Like it felt right to leave somewhere which I didn't belong. 
even from the moment I left, I felt it was right. But, you know, we can feel two things at once. We can feel that it's the right thing, but at the same time, we can still feel very uncomfortable about it, right? So that was, you know, kind of how I was feeling. Of course, the uncomfortable feeling actually decreases after a while when, you know, everything just kind of settled in and people around you are also more accepting of the situation. I think that helps a bit as well. And, you know, over time, I just felt that I had more energy to give to my family members and, you know, my loved ones around me. On the other hand, when I was in a self-destructive state, you know, everyone needed to take care of me, right? They had to pour in their resources to make me feel better. But now instead, I feel like I had more emotional capacity and I had more, I have more energy capacity to really care for myself, to take care of myself. And not just myself, but also others around me. You know, I feel like I'm more responsive to other people's needs. I don't have to shy away from as much family gatherings and outings as I used to because, you know, sometimes I just really have to protect my energy. I couldn't do things that I want to do. So I think more importantly, I feel that my relationships with others around me has improved, you know, tremendously. And I think that's not just from the self-care that I did, right? But it's also throughout this period, I had a lot more time to reflect on myself, to try and kind of be the person I want to be when I'm given the space and time to really think about all these things. And I would say partly a lot is due to the internal work that I've been putting in for myself. And that's when I really feel more energized because I had a space and time to reflect. And, you know, I started thinking about what I wanted to do with the 101 capacity that I had, right? So because of this, I also kind of, you know, took the leap of faith to pursue my further studies and... I just felt that all these wouldn't have happened if I didn't take the courage to make the difficult decision, which didn't really make me feel exactly good initially. And, you know, I think the biggest challenge right now is to deal with the uncertainty that I have every day, right? As I'm still searching for my answers, I don't have all my answers at the moment. You know, I'm just trying different things to really see what is it that is aligned to my values, what is it that is, you know, aligned with my values and sort of just taking my time to find that greater purpose, which I think is important. But definitely, you know, I can say that I'm in a better mental state. And I've also learned that it's okay to be lost, right? I think there's nothing wrong about being lost. And I think most of us are just as lost. But, you know, I've learned to give myself the time to really slowly explore what is it that really, really connects to me. And that is my biggest challenge right now is really the uncertainty that I have to deal with but you know every day I'm just reminding myself you know it's all right but what's more important is to keep an open mind to different opportunities out there and just you know go for it and just put myself out there to really really find my answers eventually but of course also taking care of my mental well-being at the same time and just be careful and selective about where I spend my energy and be wary about not having too much on my plate all at once. So as I said, it took me quite a while to transit into a more liberated state, right? And, you know, as much as we want to have our answers like right now, at this instance, right? True answers and good answers wouldn't come immediately. You know, it takes time for us to explore. And, you know, I'm just starting to really come to terms with that. So... 
that is really my biggest challenge right now. It's really the uncertainty that I have to deal with. So when I say embrace the uncertainties, you know, I truly believe in that now. Like last time it used to only be a phrase to me, but now it's really, I can really feel like I'm really embracing it more. And embracing it doesn't mean that, you know, we just allow whatever that comes, comes, you know. There are still conscious things that we need to do in our daily life to help us get to our answers eventually. But it's more of like taking our time and seeing whatever comes to us as an opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, which will then open new doors and new opportunities to us. So the point here is that I just really wanted to share that self-care may not feel good in the short term. For instance, we might have to let go of toxic relationships. We may have to cut out you know, our unhealthy indulgence in our life. Quitting a toxic relationship might be so, so difficult, right? Or even sometimes it may just be you know, simple things like putting off a dental appointment because for me, I'm just so, so scared of going for dental appointment. You know, making the appointment and then going down to get my teeth polished is something that I feel innately really scary and difficult to do. But once I do it, I feel better about it. Yeah, so that's point number two, that self-care is just really sometimes about, you know, making difficult decisions that you know is right for you, right? But it may not feel good in that instance when you make it. And number three, self-care is not for everyone. So this is another common belief that self-care is not for everyone. It's only for women, it's only for people who have time, people who have money, you know, it's a luxury. But today I'm telling you that self-care is eligible for everyone, okay? You don't have to meet a certain criteria to sign up for self-care. And, you know, why, why do we get the idea of, you know, self-care is only for women, right? Because it's sometimes, you know, what we see on marketing campaigns on social media, but... You know, healthy routines and nurturing activities are really gender neutral, right? We all have the rights to it, you know, regardless of gender. I think we should be proud and we should take pride in self-care. I mean, that's what I do, right? Whenever I take a break, whenever I rest, I take pride in it, okay? And yes, I do agree that sometimes self-care activities do take up a lot of time. But remember how we also said that self-care is a way of life? You know, sometimes it's not that much about physical activities, but it's more about paying attention to your thoughts and your feelings and just not beat yourself over something that you have done wrong. Treat yourself like how you would treat a best friend, like I always say, or even a small kid. And just be kinder to yourself is actually part of self-care. It doesn't have to be a two-hour long massage or a 30 minutes run. You know, there are many ways in our daily lives that we can start caring for ourselves. Even just a one minute of breathe in and breathe out is a self-care activity. And let's not tell ourselves that it's only something for people who has the time. And that being said, I do encourage us to deliberately make time for self-care. You know, to take the time out for that walk, for the massage, you know, for that quality time whatever it is, I do encourage us to make time for it, right? Instead of saying that we do not have time for it. And then some people also feel that self-care is only for people who can afford it. But then again, right, you know, it all goes back to how we define self-care. So if you're defining self-care as just an expensive activity, then yes, you're probably only for people who can afford because many things require money. For instance, 
yoga classes, gym sessions, gym memberships, even healthy meals, right, require us to spend quite a bit. But even then, there are activities which doesn't require much. For instance, as I said, you know, taking that walk, taking that rest, it really doesn't have to be something that is very luxurious or it doesn't have to be out of reach, okay? And even a 10 minutes rest is a self-care. And to me, how I see it is self-care is really a way of life. It's not about, you know, just engaging in activities that require us to spend a lot. And, you know, spending on wellness packages and treatments are just one way to help us achieve that wellness, right? There are many, many other ways that we can also explore to improve our well-being. And I think how we practice self-care and to take care of ourselves is something that is very personal. And I hope what I've shared today had allowed us to gain a deeper understanding on what is self-care and start thinking about ways that we can kind of shake up our own routines as well to create that self-care for ourselves. And I believe that self-care, when done right, with the right intentions, is the foundation to self-acceptance and self-love. Thanks for chilling in. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can also connect with me on Instagram at chillbynet on my website chillbynet.com to join the conversation and assess our show notes. Have a great day and we'll chill again very soon.